Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Be Open and Authentic with Rohit. Today we have Dennis with us. So, uh, Dennis is a rock star in in the corporate tech world. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, she created uh, two high-impactful accelerator programs, which also sets the template for many other corporate companies. So, which is which is pretty huge. And uh, Dennis was also a founder who had a successful exit and. Fun fact: Dennis took one year off to travel around Europe, uh, which is, which I can only imagine. I really want to do it, but I'm not sure whether I'll be able to do it at some point. Uh, but yeah, uh, so there are quite a few things for us to learn from Dennis, and which I'll try, try to capture all in one episode. I'll, I'll give my best shot. So, firstly, you know, thank you, Dennis. I know you are in middle of so much work, uh, and but uh, I really appreciate you taking time to. you know do do this episode with me it it means a lot thank you very much yeah of course happy to do it happy to support it so thank you for having me perfect thank you uh, just a you know little disclaimer before we get started so whatever the uh, thoughts we express or the opinions we share it, these are all uh, very uh, personal and not doesn't represent the company we both work for or we worked in in the past so, so these are just just personal uh, and and we'll try to keep it simple anyway cool so dennis you want to you want to start with an introduction sure sure so i'm denise kwashi um i am based out of new york city i uh work for amazon web services i lead our global programs um and events team also the creator of the impact accelerator program so I've been at aws for 4 years and um you already mentioned you know, prior to me being at aws i had my own startup um and i've worked in tech and marketing is is really kind of my background so nice So before you know I this uh, want to ask this right I've seen uh, you know how much work it is to to start these accelerator programs and run these continuously and you know if I if I look at your background I see that you have been always on the hustling mode you know so it, it it's it's just a lot of work <laughs> so after all these you know uh, years where do you get all this motivation to work hard and how do you get this energy Yeah, yeah, I think it's in my DNA. I think it's my dad. <laughs> um, you know, I <laughs> grew it? up in a household uh where, you know, my dad, he's actually originally from Trinidad. Um and uh he came to the US and uh he ended up joining the US military. So and he's we joke about it today, but we always joke about how many jobs he's had. Like he's been a firefighter, a police officer, the sheriff's department, military, like he's Whoa. done everything. And so I think it's just kind of been instilled in me to always want to do more, right? And to just always be on a hustle grind. And not necessarily from a financial perspective, but mainly just because you know we get one chance at it right and so to do the things that you're super yep. passionate about and then when you're no longer learning or you're no longer passionate about something is time to make a change and so i think it's just kind of been you know distilled in my dna <laughs> because of my dad yeah. i blame him um for wanting to kind of do so many different things and be passionate about um helping people and serving people essentially yeah that that's what you're essentially doing uh, currently right um taking multiple roles and and playing in excellent program you know there are quite a few roles to take up and you were leading it all with with your team um but the part that you are helping so many other founders is is pretty big 
and and this is what i like about the about the current job right if you are in a big tech company there is a lot of things that you can do but only if you want to do it and if you have the vision to do it though yeah. right because if you look at the accelerate programs that you created so and, and i mean the company has been here for like what last 20 years but nobody has the vision or the intent to do it maybe yeah. they had it but it just takes a lot of you know uh yeah. hustling work you know connections and navigating you yeah. know to get the buy in from you know ceo so it, it it's just a lot of work but the impact is worth it right uh, so because you know since i've seen it personally you know i, I got so much inspired and motivated during this program because most people you know uh, are just try to you know uh, help um, the companies maybe just by talking or or by providing some guidance but the the thing with this accelerator programs it's so much beyond that uh, they give the network connections and the capital which most of the people you know are not set to give so this gives so many startups a good motivation and and leeway to experiment and you know they have everything they need to succeed in this accelerator program so i think the currently the impact is you know may not be visible immediately but that's in the long way i i can see how how big it can grow and the real impact that it can create so so how do you feel about all of this and and uh, what what do you have in mind about these accelerator programs yeah you know so it's interesting because you know prior to uh november of last year you know my team and the work that i did was nothing you know related to accelerator programs and literally got yeah. the green light on november 1st um to to run this program um and from november 1st to april 1 is when the press release dropped right so we had hustled all throughout the holidays and now today it's like 70% of what my team focuses their time on and so it, it, we essentially created a whole new <clears throat> market a whole new team a whole new product yeah. that we can offer to startups that we weren't even thinking about, you know, last year this time, right? And so it's exciting mm. and rewarding at the same time to be able to create this whole new segment of programs that yep. are for startups specifically that are consistently being overlooked, right? And counted out. And so providing mm. them an avenue um and seeing the reward instantly um is a huge amount of success personally um and just rewarding i i totally agree um i think the rewarding that you can see instantly is only very little but the change or the impact that it can create in the long run yeah. is like 100x in in my opinion um but yeah so Uh, and thanks for doing all of it uh, you know there are many other folks like me who even though who are not in startup they just still get to learn more and and you know take learn something from the program and from from you as well so which is which is uh, pretty pretty great um, thanks for that so I, i just want to you know go back a little bit and and talk about your uh, you know startup experience so can you can you briefly share uh, what was it and and the and how, how what your yeah. Uh, experience was yeah so i have a little bit of a different journey of being a founder and creating a startup but you know today often you see entrepreneurs that want to be an entrepreneur want to be a startup founder 
it was nowhere on my radar of wanting to do that years ago. Mm. Um, it was happenstance. I essentially fell into it. Just like many startups that are created today, I had a problem. I couldn't find a solve for it. And so I built a solve for that problem I had. And it seems very mm. small and silly to some, but you know, my problem was that I wanted to figure out how to monetize my pet's influence on social media. My dog had a large following on social media and brands were contacting mm. me, but I didn't really have a good understanding of how to transition that into financial reward. Um, at the time, mommy bloggers were making tons of money from brands um, and mm. pet owners uh, were being contacted by brands, but they didn't have the understanding of how to make a deal that wasn't free dog food yeah. or free pet toys, right? And so I knew yeah. that if I created some sort of education behind that, that we could have our own conferences. I didn't want to go to the mommy conferences. I wanted to get to a conference about pets and how to manage the influence of my pet on social. And so we started with conference and educations and had a conference called Bark World. And we ran that for a couple of years. And then we quickly realized based off of that data that the conferences are like time bound, like events are great for meeting people, networking and getting instant information. But when you leave that conference, you're left to your own devices to try to figure out how to put that you know, pen to paper. And so yep. we wanted to create a more always on platform that provided ongoing education. In addition to that, a marketplace where influencers can find gigs. So think of it as like TaskRabbit, right? TaskRabbit, you have a particular skill set, you're an engineer, or, you know, you can fix, you know, uh, you're a plumber, you can go on there and look for gigs and you can go on, you can select a gig and then you go out and you do the job and you get paid. Essentially, that's what we created. We created a marketplace where pet influencers can go online, see opportunities to make money, see how much those bids were. Um, so for example, maybe a pet co wanted to you know, they had a new product coming, they wanted someone to test it, and then they wanted someone to do a blog post and then post on Instagram about it. They would see that bid and that gig, they can bid on it, and then Petco can see on the back side, on the admin side, how many bids they had, and they can select the number of influencers they wanted to select, and then the job was done. The influencer did it. Nice. I, of course, made a percentage of that. Um, and then, the you know, both the customer, Petco, and both the influencer are then happy. They're connected. They made the gig and the deal is done, right? And so that was essentially the yeah. concept of what we came up with. And we built that platform. Um, and then we ran it for nice. an additional couple of years. And that's when we started having conversations on a potential acquisition and what that looked like. So um, in short, again, I wanted to solve a problem nice. because my dog had influence. <laughs> I was tired of free dog food. There was no yeah. education at the time for pet influencers. And uh, that was essentially the concept of what we created. That, that's, that's great. You know, uh, solve, finding a problem or trying to solve the problem that you have, uh, which is the very, uh, key uh to any any startup founder right because if you create a problem and try to solve it you know you you can never sell it but you observe the problem and you try to solve it and the the similar pattern that i see with the accelerator program and this one is even this is uh you know new market that is innovated right the, the i mean the market exists but the platform to solve for it doesn't exist 
So similar to the Excel program, you know, uh, the need is always there, but the solution or the way to solve it, or at least for the company standpoint, it does it doesn't exist. So, so that is something that was innovated, and now the whole whole domain exists, right? And and well, if I think about it, so even after the Excel program, uh, people, it's not just about you know uh, being in the program and going out. It's about how you can still stay connected and. Uh, how you can network and still continue to stay engaged and learn from the community. I think that there is another whole idea behind itself. Maybe, maybe we can, we both can yeah. partner on it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just, I agree. Uh, I mean, I, I think beyond, you know, the cash component on um, the education, there's the community, which, you know, we don't necessarily talk a whole lot about, but being able to quickly identify and find people that look like you, that are building something <clears throat> as well as you are and have similar problems, or they have addressed some of the problems that you haven't been able to address. Like that alone is, you know, priceless, that ability to find and connect exactly. with like-minded individuals um, and to kind of share resources on a peer-to-peer basis. Um, and in an environment that is small, where you feel safe immediately um, to share your crazy yep. ideas or your challenges in an open, intentional environment. And so that's essentially what we wanted to create. And I think we were really successful in that matter. Uh, definitely, right. And and this this whole thing just streamlines the process and, you know, cuts the time short uh, for the founder. They don't have to go elsewhere to figure out something or or right. find some connection or, you know, quickly experiments and get, get the ideas uh, around... So I think this just streamlines everything and, and really helps the founder to succeed. Uh, and at least they have all the things that they need to succeed. So, yeah, I think, I mean, and this, you've done a great job with it uh, again. Um, so again, going a little back to the startup uh, that you had, right? Do, did you have to raise any money or, uh, or you were just uh, successful just bootstrapping it? Yeah, so I was initially successful. I won't. I don't know if you consider successful, but I did bootstrap it. Um, I actually cashed out one of my four hundred one ks and used that initially to bootstrap myself. Um, and then I had savings, and I utilized that as well. Um, and then I took on a round of, of friends and family, um, then to kind of get things moving a little bit further. And then at that point is kind yes. of when I started. I what I consider to be customer back. Right, I started receiving revenue um, because brands were so excited to finally have a dedicated place because like the IMS, you know, the Purinas, you know, those types of brands that are dedicated to pets and dogs, um, they were going to mommy bloggers, right? And so mommy bloggers at the time were having to weigh, okay, do I post about Purina or do I post about diapers, right? And so- The, the posts were not as often as like a Purina would have liked, but if Purina could find that dedicated, you know, pet owner that all they talked about was pets, right? Yep. It's a much more narrow f- focus and higher engagement yep. for them. And so yep. just based off of us creating the space, 
they were excited. And so we immediately got a lot of customer revenue just because of that. Like, you know, oftentimes you see in marketplaces, you know, there is a larger demand for the the user part, the expert, right, that is going on and wants the gigs versus the brands and the opportunities. We actually have more brands and opportunities than we had influencers. And so we had to shift our go-to-market strategy to kind of boost that because we had more opportunity than we had individuals. Um, so I say all of that, you know, from a cash component, you know, we were lucky in that regard to have a problem that we were able to quickly figure out and solve that no one else nice. was even in that space. Um, but then yeah. after that, you know, once we started to really kind of build out this marketplace platform, because everything was very admin, we were using, um, uh, you know, very, very, very just like spreadsheets and things to kind of keep things track of. We were yep. using WordPress. And so it just wasn't as, as intelligent as we would have liked to have been. Um, and then I'm a non-technical founder, right? So I didn't really have the understanding or the skill set to really kind of build something. Um, so in order to kind of move to that next level and start bringing on people, um, I took in an angel round and it was, you know, a friend of a friend, a past employer um, that had moved on from his startup. Um, and so just by having those relationships, I was able to bring in a, a large angel round. And then that ultimately um, helped me kind of build a platform. And that's what essentially got us acquired. Oh, that, that's great. So without even having any tech platform, uh, just by quickly uh, building a solution with whatever you had in place, you were still able to generate money and then you raised the angel round to build a pl platform again. So I think yeah, you you were quickly able to identify the product market fit. Uh, maybe because the need exists, I think it was easier. But still, exactly. uh, doing some quick hack, yeah, doing some quick hack around to really you know uh, build the solution and have something in place. I think that that's that's a good lesson because if you are a tech founder, I'm not sure whether you know I should have done this because uh, as a tech founder, I would normally be like, hey, I want to create this awesome platform because I know the problem space, but I really want a tech solution for it. I don't think yeah. that should have worked for this kind of products though, because there are there are many uh, still uh, many disadvantages of being a tech founder in the in this sort of spaces, I guess. Right. Yeah, and I think the thing that was very different for the space that I was in is that, you know, pets is a very, um, you know, uh, it's a very uh, family-oriented, earn trust type of relationship you have to have, right? Um, your dog or cat can't tell you if the food you're giving them, they don't like it or it upsets their stomach or things like that, right? And they're a family member. Um, the way we look at pets today. And so, you know, earning trust in that community is so high. The bar is so super, super high that I think that we were mm. really able to really focus and change the narrative on how to build a really authentic, empathy-driven community about pets. Um, mm. And by doing that, that allowed us to have a strong, high engagement. So, we didn't have a million pet owners. Like you see some of these marketplaces, they say, oh, we have, you know, 500,000 users, right? And we didn't have that, you know, but what we did yeah. have, we had a very strong, high engagement 
dedicated community um, that uh, took it very personal um, as it relates to the health of their their pets. And so because of that, you know, when brands came in, we were very intentional on who we brought in and if it was the right fit for our community. And so I think because of that, it made it a little bit easier for us to have those conferences, which is really kind of the bread and butter of what we built, yep. right? We were able to grow those yep. relationships because of the conferences. And so the, 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 the yep. line of our business from conferences is really what kind of substantiated us and allowed us to kind of build that strong, you know, uh, community. Um, and then by that, then, you know, it made it easier for us to go to an investor and say, we have this high engagement with our community, you know, our SEO, our click through rates, et cetera, is so high. Um, like it would be silly for us not to build some technology around it. So. Yeah, that, that's, that's great. Right. So working backwards from customers and, and building the trust with customers, which is, which is very hard to gain and, and build. I see, I also see that your marketing and branding experience came into play here because that's what it is you know you were able to build a narrative very well and by understanding customer needs uh, you build the narrative you establish the trust and then you eventually found a way to monetize it uh, which is which is pretty good so i see that you know uh, before uh, you started the uh, you, you had the startup you worked on some of the marketing and you know branding and at big tech companies and some other companies so did that re uh, did that help you uh, play a role of a successful founder here, how those experiences shaped uh, your approach towards the startup? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I'm so much more smarter today <laughs> from working at Amazon um, than I was years yeah. ago. But, you know, one thing I yeah. did really well um, when I worked at Oracle was building relationships. Uh, I ran their partner um, marketing um, so being able to kind of take those experiences and understand like really truly listening to the customer, um, I think that that was probably one area that I was able to kind of bring in. So I was able to kind of really understand the two sides. So what was kind of happening is there was the pet influencer that um, was, you know, was really kind of taken on the persona of their their animal, right? And so they took on the persona of their dog yeah. or their cat. And so trying to engage with them on a human level was a little bit odd um, because they were always in that yeah. first person animal character, right? But I came from yeah. you know tech and corporate where I was working with those large enterprise customers and selling Oracle packages and services to partners. And so I was able to kind of see both sides to be able to say, if we were gonna build a partnership program around this, how would I communicate that one to the end user, right? The pet owner, and then communicate that up in a way that enterprise customers would un completely understand and see the value prop. And so I yeah. think that my understanding of, you know, selling and building packages for enterprise customers certainly helped me be able to kind of communicate on a one-to-one -one level 
of what those large CMOs, et cetera, of the Purinas and the Petco um, companies to kind of sell the value prop and be almost the agent of these influencers that so yeah. they can continue to do what they do and stick in their character um, and not yeah. have to try to figure out the complexities of running a contract through a large enterprise company. Like we templatized yeah. all of that to make it so much more yeah. easier for them where it was a click of a button. They didn't have to think about it. Wow, that, that's great. Uh, and I like the way that you uh, explained this as well, uh, going back to what the the things that you observed uh, when you were at Oracle uh, running these partner programs and then how you used those uh, learnings and, and the lessons from it and applying applying it here, um, which, is, which is pretty good. Uh, thank, thanks for sharing it. Uh, and I also want to, just curious uh, here, right, because uh, I've been speaking to multiple uh, black uh, founders here, uh, they said that they're still, I see that the stats are really against, uh, you know, black founders in terms of raising funds, uh, which eventually uh, impacts the success of the company, right? So was, did you have to face any of these challenges or, or because for you, trust building is, has been uh, the most successful factor in your startup. So did you had to face any trust issues just that you are, are a black founder or, or how was your experience during it? Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit different, right? Because when you're coming into a space where you're taking on the identity of an animal, um, people don't know who you are truly, right? There are, are social influencers out there with cats and dogs, like think like Grumpy Cat. Nobody knew who Grumpy Cat was for years, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they just saw the cat, thought it was a cat, but it wasn't, it was a human behind it. <laughs> and yeah. so it allowed you to kind of build up a relationship with brands and other influencers mm. based off of that, right? It was so just basic fundamentals of, you know, you love pets, I love pets. We're communicating yep. and having a good time online, right? Um, but once we started looking at the business aspect of then starting to try to talk to um, brands and others or like the in-person part of the conferences, I mean, sure, there were people that were shocked and surprised that I was the person, you know, behind it. And yeah. so, um, you know, there, there was a lot of those weird instances that I had that, you know, I look back on and laugh at today and really odd conversations I had with people. Um, but I think, you know, oh. I think since the murder of George Floyd, I definitely think there's been um, a big change in how brands and other entrepreneurs and VCs are looking at black founders, but the numbers are still so depressing um, to see the disparities yeah. and how hard it is to kind of get moving. Um, and then, you know, we're starting to see a lot of that change as well, too. So there's a little bit of a decline that we've seen since 2020 um, with black founders getting, you know, VC funds, um, especially as we start to look at a potential down market, right? So there's still a ton yep. of work to be done. I do think that it's more, it's something more that we talk about back when I was starting yep. up, we didn't even talk about it. You know, there were many people that said yep. never put, you know, like, hey, Dings, don't put your photo on your website. Like you just in the about section, you probably shouldn't even do it, right? That was the advice that we were Whoa. giving each other <laughs> back then. Today is very different, right? It's it's very different. So I think things are changing in a good way. Um, but when you look at the data, it, it doesn't suggest it. So, 
Yep, exactly. So, uh, and and it's also in a little bit of my experience, right? Uh, I've seen it was even I was I don't know how or whether I should even talk about these things uh, before George Floyd. And lately, as I started interacting more, as I started realizing more, hey, then I started realizing these are the things that we should really talk openly and discuss yeah. about it, right? Uh, and it it just makes our life easy, uh, and everyone's around. It just improves the lives of so many people. Uh, if we should have done this. I don't know why we had to wait until 2020 or 2022 to realize that hey we should just start talking about it more openly but at least glad yeah. that you know uh, we we started doing more of this and and going back to this uh, thing right where uh, this maybe the funding landscape has changed a little bit but there is a ton there are tons of work to be done so yeah. since many people are in this path uh, I, uh, so I just want to understand or I just want to ask you this uh, where uh, with the what are the suggestions that you would give to other uh, black or women founders on navigating this space um do, do you have any any suggestions on this yeah i mean i think the big thing for me of lesson learned like when i was starting up i was so insulary in my own community and i think it's important for you know people like me that are building to try to expand out of your where you feel comfort, most comfortable, right? Um, because <clears throat> oftentimes, you know, we're leaning on our communities to tell us, you know, where to go or what to do and those types of things. But we don't have a lot of examples in the black community, <laughs> right? Yep. And so if we already don't yep. have a lot of examples, then we don't have the connections and we don't really know what we're looking for. And so I would encourage yep. those to kind of get out of your comfort zone and put yourself in places that allows you to kind of see what straight white men are seeing and doing every day. Um, because oftentimes those are closed communities, but now we can kick those doors open. And so it yep. may seem a little odd or scary at first, but I think it's important to kind of get out of that. Um, and, you know, if you work in tech, I definitely would say utilizing those resources you have at the company that you're at as well, too. People are, you know, like we just talked about, people are much more open to talking about these things. But, um, you know, just in our own communities, we just don't have enough examples or people to point to and say, hey, how did you do this? And so I think it's important for us to kind of get out of our communities and try to find those that yep. um, are a little bit more widespread and broader in nature in order to kind of get that get that insight. Yeah, exactly. I, I really like this advice because uh, we only know what we see around us, but we don't have any examples. And we need, exactly. and since we are in the early stages of this, uh, you know, this phase, we need a lot more exposure to how others have done it and what others are doing just so that we can learn from others' experience and, and uh, build a successful company so that in the future, we become the examples for other people to look at so that they don't even have to go elsewhere. Uh, they can just easily tap on to the people around them uh, just to get all these examples. Uh, I really like it. Uh, yeah. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah. So now I yeah, want to... And I, the only oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just going to say, I think the only thing else I would say about that is for those that are women or those that are black and have been able to be successful, it's so important for us to kind of make sure we're looking back as well, too, um, that, you know, sometimes yep. we're still so far on, you know, still trying to get to where we need to get to. Um, but I think that's a big other challenge we have in our communities that we don't always look back and, and bring somebody with us. And so um, I think it's important to, to make that distinction as well. 
So, so when you say looking back, is it is it more learning from our own communities, or or like what exactly are you referring to here? Or maybe just a naive question, but want to yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of building programs, and I think it's also a, a little bit of investing back into right. So, hmm, you know, gotcha. when I think yep. about a lot of those that have made you know a, a large round of funding, um, or even those that are athletes, right, and they have this disposable income, I get so annoyed when I see them, you know, at strip clubs and things like that and just throwing this money out. And I just think like, gosh, yeah. how many startup founders could use that money <laughs> to take their idea to the next level, right? And so we've got yeah. to be able to start thinking much smarter in the way that we're spending our money and creating generational wealth. Um, and I think we're, we're kind of there, but there's still a big big part of our community that um, is still so far on the grind that they're not thinking about building yep. programs or when they are creating something, they're not thinking with the intention of how can I expand this or bring somebody with me um, to help me build it yep. out. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's not that, okay, well, you you are successful or you are, you're good now, but but how, how does it matter to the community, right? That you got a lot of from exactly. uh, maybe extending hand uh, or, or maybe in, in one or the other way, maybe just supporting kids or, or maybe helping some other startups or, or creating some, uh, you know, mentorship yeah. or, or other stuff, you know, whatever the form it exactly. can be, they should, we really should look back and, and start helping us that way. Exactly. We evolve as a community, right? Because if not, you know, one person's raise, even if I'm a, if, even the one person is a trainer, it doesn't, matter to anyone else around because if, if they're not creating the support system that helps other people to exactly. uh, raise and, and go beyond. Oh, that, that's, that's great. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll take this with me. Um, so, and, and the, on the other side, I also wa want to ask you this question, right? So why do you think uh, VCs have been, been investing uh, in the, in the black or open founders a lot? And, and why, the, the follow-up to that is why you sh why you think they should really be investing in this space? Yeah, again, I think it is based off of you know what you know and you don't know what you don't know, right? And so yep. I don't know if there is, and again, I'm black, so I wouldn't be invited to it, but I don't think there's any sort of like VC gathering where they're thinking of how they can continue to not let black people in. I don't think, but who knows, <laughs> right? Uh, I wouldn't be invited if yeah. there was. But um, yeah. but I, I think that they are a very boys club driven type space, right? Um, where it's who you know. And so it's like, hey, I know this person I went to Harvard with, or, you know, my sister's boyfriend's cousin's best friend is creating this thing and I'm going to introduce you to yeah. them, right? Or, you know, my my frat, you know, um, you know, we went to school together and, you know, those types of things. Yeah. And so they are investing in communities that they're familiar with and communities yeah. that have had a warm intro. And so yeah. if we don't have those connections, right, then they don't know about us, right? And and yeah. I think that that's part of the problem is that we are insulary and often kind of staying in our own spaces and they don't hear about it. And then when we do get those meetings, they can't always identify with the, the product, right? And so it's a little yeah. bit of education on our end, which completely sucks. Um, but it's also a shame on their end for not expanding their arsenal and their own communities to try to find different innovative ideas. So I think it's a little yeah. bit of both of that. Both. 
I, I agree on it. And and uh, and it, it's it's more of an education on both ends in one or the other way. It's about okay, we are going in our own paths. How do we start, you know, uh, converging onto the same path? Uh, so some people has to really go above and beyond, even though it might be awkward to go and, you know, uh, talk to some other people that we never spoke to. But some people have to do it so that they yep. lay the path that can converge and eventually uh, set, exactly. the, set the playing field very, very, uh, uh, level the playing field, right? So that, that's, exactly. that's true. Uh, Yep. And I, you know, I've been talking to other, other founders on, on this, right? Uh, the black, particularly black founders and Newman founders, they, they have all the traits and the characteristics that, you know, builds a successful founder, be it resiliency or the empathy or, or the feeling of the sense of the community or giving back. So there are so many things um, in, 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 this, uh, in these founders, so which are often overlooked by VCs, I believe. So, and these these make you a successful founder. Which I mean, if you look at any successful company, these are these are some of the basic principles they they followed for to build a successful company, right? So, which which I mean, and these are all inherently or uh, these are all already present in most of these founders. So, which which means you know, if I have some money and if if I want to invest, uh, these are the people that I would really invest in because most of the times it's not just the product; it's about the culture and the company that builds a successful, uh, you know, company or, or the product eventually. So, what what is your take on it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think that oftentimes. Um, you know, there are these inherent biases, right, that they automatically assume things about individuals. And, you know, you see the same thing with when it comes to hiring as well, too. Um, but yeah. I, I definitely think that, you know, when I created the Impact Accelerator Program, one of the things I wanted to really try to get across to the executives at Amazon is that this is not a charity, right? Black people are not looking yeah. for a charity. Neither are women, right? They are looking for a chance to explain to you what they're actually building. And so I think that it's the giving them that opportunity to just get into the room, to be invited to sit at the table, um, you know, and they're making assumptions that they're not going to know, you know, oh, they, they can't really contribute, you know, they're too early. There's all these other things that they would never say to someone that's the sister's brother's cousin's best friend that they were introduced <laughs> to, right? Sure. And so yeah. they're just automatically counted out. And, you know, what I wanted to kind of get across is that, you know, with Impact Accelerator, I'm not looking for um, this to be some sort of a, a charity where we're just giving money away to, to anyone, but we're still looking for high potential startups. They just happen to be black yep. or they just happen to be a woman and they just never been yep. invited to the table. And that's the reason why we have the program. We don't have the program um, because it's a charity. We have the program because these people yep. are always just counted out based off of who they are or what they look like, right? Yeah. Or, you know, um, their sexual orientation, yeah. you know? And so um, they're still engineers, they're still developers, they're still building amazing products and companies. Um, yeah. They've just never been given the opportunity to talk about it, so. Yeah, agreed. And it's time, it's, it's really the high time to open those doors and, and uh, you know, open, yeah. the, open the perspectives and mindsets as well that, hey, just give, give a chance. Right? Why yeah. not? Because it's it's not that you are you, know, you are betting everything on, on on one particular company or one particular person anyway. 
So since you are diversifying and why not just give give a shot to the people that were never, you know, heard of or or that were never given a chance. Uh and yes. it's not that we are ask, you know, it's and it, the interesting thing, right? It's not that we are asking anyone to invest on in a particular person or based on the, you know, uh the cultural or the or the per, per individual personality traits. We are still asking them to invest in a particular company. So if they exactly. can Exactly. If they can still evaluate the company and not the person itself to to make the investments if they don't like the idea that's fair but it's not it doesn't just have to be based on on, on the right. person right right yeah agree so hopefully hopefully these things changes uh, and and i i kind of agree that after george floyd things have been changing and still long way to go mm-hmm. hopefully these will take a huge leap and and uh, i like these how these accelerator programs are contributing to change the scenario so now mm-hmm. we are telling the vcs that hey there are really some high impactful companies out there so it's your time if you if you're not if you're going to miss the bus it's it's going to cost you more later so I, now exactly. i think it's it's more it's more of a game for vcs that hey we need to get in this if not yeah we we might miss on a bigger opportunity here so i like yeah. the way how these are creating the exposure and opening the gates at the doors for so many people so so glad glad uh, glad things are going the right way um and thanks for all your contributions uh, i really i really, really appreciate it so yeah and and want to diverge a little bit here um you know we spoke about you know we spoke about your startups and and the and the work uh, and the other stuff now i want to shift a little bit to your one year break uh, mm. uh to travel around mm. europe so what what made you take the break and and uh, because i mean particularly it's, it uh, it comes to the financial aspect right? if you are missing out one year of you know finances that's still a lot to miss on yeah. and, and uh, or maybe but if you can if if you consider the mental gains or the ment- gains for mental health might that might be worth it but but what yeah. was your thought process behind taking that time off yeah so um i had been working i joke with my parents but it's like i've had a job since i was like 12 years old um and probably even more like 10 if you count me and my friends going around cutting grass <laughs> so but i was dead that but like grass mowing business yeah. um so you know for me it was when you're building a startup like all the responsibilities on your shoulders like it was the most yep. stressful most anxiety driven thing i've ever done in my entire life mm. like i can't even tell you how much blood sweat and tears literally uh, i had in building that because it's such an enormous amount of responsibility especially when you have people working for you when you have people that yeah. say i believe in you and i'm going to quit my job that i'm making money on to come work for you for equity or for nothing or for a little bit of money like it's insane right and so that's such a huge amount of responsibility to take on and everything is on your shoulders everybody asked me questions like i was the the stopping place for the answers <laughs> and so constantly yeah. being asked questions from 6am to 559am the next day like it's, <laughs> it's very stressful very stressful and yep. so for me with the you know with it being acquired it was like this final just like 
moments, right? Where I could just take a breath and not have to stress out about anything. And um, I slept for a long time. So like I traveled for a year, but I slept for like literally three months straight. It felt like, like I did (laughs) nothing but just like sleep. And then from there I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? And um, I mentioned earlier, my dad was in the army. And so, you know, I was actually born in Germany and I went to high school in Germany. And so it was more of like a going home type for me for traveling for a year in Europe to go back and see all the things I did when I was younger, right? So in high school, if you remember in high school, there was always like school trips and things like that, like your senior trip. Like when I was in high school, senior trip was like, go to Spain, you know, we would take trips, day trips, like to zoos in France. And so it seems very luxurious, but I mean, it was like military kids, right? At the time. And so once I like sold my business, like I had not been back to Europe and since high school. And so for me, it was like a chance to kind of go back and see it with adult eyes and really experience it more from a lens of appreciation, right? Because when you're in high school, you're just thinking this is just how it is. And you're not really taking in the fact that I'm on spring break and I'm in Spain. (laughs) Right. And so it was great to be able to like pick a place like that where you can literally hop on a train and travel anywhere and feel super safe in doing that. Um, And then, you know, I was blessed that I was, you know, acquired and I didn't have to think about finances. And so for me, it was just a time to reset, sleep and kind of go home in a sense and rethink what my next strategy was going to be. Yeah, that, that, I think that, that's great. Uh, it's uh, I, I didn't realize that uh, it's it's sort of a going back home moment for you. Uh, that would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> great. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So, what? How did that impact your your mental health? Uh, in the sense that, how did it help you get better, or how did you? Because whenever I travel to new places, I kind of think that you know I'm becoming a new person because of the, all those new experiences. Mm. Because. Uh, I mean, there is just so much to learn, uh, and and look when you when you travel, uh, particularly uh, the countries with culture, right? So, what was your your personal experience uh, based on the traveling? How how did you how, how did it change you as a person, or or did it imp- improve your mental health or, or things around it? Yeah, I would say from a mental health perspective, it certainly put things back into perspective for me. Um, I was, you know, when you're in the moment, you don't realize you're burnt out, or at least I didn't realize I was burnt out in the moment. Um, But once I had a chance to just like get away, I realized how burnt out I was. And being a woman Mm -hmm. and creating a startup, like there's so many sacrifices you have to make. Right. Um, You know, whether you decide you're going to go on a date or if you're going to like stay at home and build something, (laughs) you're going to have kids or if you're going to like try to go fundraise. Right. And so there's so many sacrifices that we have to make. And so it gave me a chance to kind of get back to a life essentially that wasn't (laughs) tied to work. Right. It gave me a chance to actually live a life and have the freedom to go out with friends and reconnect with friends. There were so many people that I lost as friends 
over the course of running my startup for five years because they didn't get it. Like I was always busy. I never had time to meet up for dinners or lunches yep. and things like that. And, you know, my work life yep. balance was non-existent. It was work and that was it. And so <laughs> yep. it gave me a chance to just like reset my brain and then also gave me a chance to like, Nice. Open up on new ideas and read books and, you know, just just have air. And so I think those were some of the things that gave me a whole new appreciation. Um, I would say the other side of it, which was really fascinating, interesting, is um, understanding the dynamic of what non people outside of the U.S. think of Americans. And so spending <laughs> yeah. a time a year away from America. So I am not a natural born U.S. citizen. I um, was not. I came to the country, but I, you know, I am now. I've, I've taken my U.S. And citizenship test and all of that. But prior to that, it was really interesting to, to be in non like touristy places and tell someone that you are American and get a real reaction about what they actually think <laughs> of us. And so yeah. I would say that that part was really enlightening for me because, you know, growing up, we always lived in different countries, but we always were on a military base, right? So again, it was very yeah. confined. And so being an adult and traveling outside of the country and going to really, really narrow places in Europe that aren't like the hotels yeah. and things that people typically go to, um, but talking to true Europeans yeah. and their thought of how they think of Americans and where we're at in our country. Um, it was almost embarrassing yeah. to be quite honest. And, and <laughs> so, um, so that was a whole nother yeah. side of things that I learned. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that, so that was interesting. That, that's good to hear and and particularly the fact that it it uh it gave you back your life right that trip yeah. really gave you back your life and uh, that that, yeah. that was great uh and i think uh people every now and then we should all take breaks and you know take a step back from the work because we never yeah. know how burned out we are until we take a break so do you still yeah. uh, take some measures uh, uh even now these days or or again you are back to the grind I'm back to the grind, but I think I'm at a point now where I'm ready to, so like I've, I've launched this thing and it was like creating it, my own startup within a, a large enterprise organization. And so um, I think I'm at a point now where it's almost time for me to take another, not another year, but maybe another month or so off. So looking yeah. at taking some, like a whole month uh, around the holidays time frame off, but um, I think for me, I was just been really mainly focused on ensuring that I have the right team in place, have the right, everything's like in place. Um, and yeah. you know, I'm doing something I'm super passionate about, so it makes it a little bit easier, right. To, to kind of be on the ground yeah. again, but, um, yeah, it's getting close yeah. to, to taking some time. <laughs> that, that's good to hear. And I, I think that's also sort of a brief template for many founders, right? Hey, it's not that you have to do everything every day. If you have the right team and if you have things in right place, you can probably take a break some time off yeah. so that you reset yourself and that you will eventually energize the team as well uh, and set a, set a good example. Uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. And and I agree that uh, opinions in for America are like very mixed. So it can range from, you know, quite embarrassing to... Uh, yeah. Uh, hatred uh, to respect. Uh, many people, there are quite yeah. a few people. Uh, I mean, many people respect and many people have uh, the, the 
the other opinions as well. Uh, yeah. Those those vary a lot. Uh, that yeah. I can say, yeah. being, I, being an outsider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were times where I certainly lied about where, you know, my citizenship, I was like, I'm Canadian, right? Like, of course, <laughs> I, I had to lie a few times because um, when you're in really weird situations and, you know, our political situation back then was yeah. a little bit rocky. Um, so, yeah, yeah. so it, it, there certainly were times where I was a Canadian <laughs> all of a sudden um, to get out of sticky situations. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that, that's... Uh... Yeah, f- funny scenarios. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that those are. Th- if we you know start discussing those, I think those uh, will take another another hour or so. Uh, but since we are also at time, uh, I want to wrap up this with one last question. So that I always ask, you know, everyone on the on the show. So can you uh, help us learn something in two minutes that took uh, a very long time for you to learn? Good question. Um, <laughs> yeah. Two minutes. Um, you know what took me a long time? There's probably two things, but probably one thing I would say is hiring um, took me a long time to get right. Hmm. Um, you know, when I worked at Oracle, I had like a small team that I inherited, so I didn't really have to like hire anybody. Um, worked at Deloitte and Service Source, I like hired a few people here and there, but it wasn't really until I had my own business that I realized of, you know, the importance of hiring great people um, that could do multiple multiple yep. things. And so I was always so focused on, um, okay, I, I have this particular role and this particular job. I need somebody that fits this criteria that does all these things. And I realized yep. that I was getting good people, but not great people because of that, right? I was so focused on can they solve this one problem? And I wasn't really yep. thinking of just hiring smart people that can do anything um, and then getting the hell out of their way, right? And so I've gotten so much yep. better over the past few years about um, opening up my aperture to finding great people that can do many things and just throwing out the job description altogether. I keep job descriptions super broad. I don't really go into many details and I want to figure out what you're passionate about. Are you a builder, right? Can you see things end to end? And that's basically yeah. it, right? If they can do those things and they have a strong, learning, yeah. curious background, then I can teach them anything or they can teach me anything. Something may change today and then I need them to go and pivot and do something else. And so I would say for me, hiring has always been like a tough thing because you go in with like, all these questions and you know you're trying to like make sure they can fit into this one box and i now yeah. only ask two questions when i interview somebody that's it two questions that's it only two questions yeah. and and yeah. for me that has been able to give me strong strong people on my team that can do a million things and they fit right in. And so I would say that took me a long time to kind of figure it out. And then once you get the strong people, get out of their way, right? Don't yeah. focus on how you're going to solve the problem. Just tell them the problem and let them figure it out and do it however they want to do it. And honestly, it's yep. taught me so much and it's given me the ability to have people that have full autonomy to just go and do things and solve problems and then move on to the next thing. So. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, I can I can totally see why you say that. Uh, particularly for the fact that I you know I work at Amazon. This is how Amazon typically operates, right? You hire mm-hmm. smart people, hire builders, you know, and just get out of their way. Yeah. They will do great things for you. Yeah. And, and but it's tricky in startup space because you want them to do particular thing because then you think that hey I need need to get this particular thing done. But that's not always the case. You really yeah. need uh, some uh, people who can learn on the fly and and do it for anything for you. It's not that. to hire for one particular thing um and and, yeah. and obviously it takes time to get it right but but uh, this but that is the most important thing for any company to succeed um yeah th- thanks for sharing it i hope uh, yeah. i hope many people uh take take a leaf uh, you know from from your uh, session and and uh, you know do do great things i know we are at time uh, so again uh thanks for uh, uh being open and authentic on the show with me dennis uh and 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 sharing all your uh, experiences and insights and 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 you know sharing your wisdom um again uh, thanks a lot for all all the work that you're doing uh, and i'm i'm really uh, i'm looking looking <laughs> looking at you to see what are the things that i can do my own may not be at a greater scale as yours yet but but yeah many people are looking at you uh, to learn uh, so thanks thanks again um, and it's been it has been a great uh, learning uh, episode so thanks for that yeah no thank you thanks for having me thank you uh-